Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burugun campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. When the eighth day arrived, the day of circumcision, the child was named Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived. Then, when the days stipulated by Moses for purification were complete, they took him up to Jerusalem to offer him to God as commanded in God's law. In Jerusalem at that time, there was a man, Simeon by name, a good man, a man who lived in the prayerful expectancy of help for Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. The Holy Spirit had shown him that he would see the Messiah, the rescuer of God, before he died. Led by the Spirit, he entered the temple as the parents of the child Jesus brought him in to carry out the rituals of the law. Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God. Simeon declared, God, you can now release your servant. Release me in peace as you promised. With my own eyes, I have seen your salvation. It is now out in the open for everyone to see a God revealing light to the non-Jewish nations and of glory for all your people. Mighty God, we thank you that Jesus has come. We thank you for your incredible gift. We thank you for your love and your peace, your hope and your joy. We thank you, mighty God, that we can worship you today and celebrate the coming of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Why don't you all take a seat, worship team. Thank you so much for leading us in worship. Hi, everybody. My name is Mim, if I haven't met you before. And uh, it's great to have you guys all here today. Welcome to those people that are online as well. And hooray, it's school holidays. Who's excited? A few people. And who's counting down how many days until they go back to school? Mm, Yeah, Only, only one. It's all right. We can be very thankful, can't we? Um, It's been quite a crazy year, a bit of a ride for us. I read a meme um, just a few weeks ago that identified the months of 2020 with January, February, pandemic, December. (laughs) You know, in some aspects, this year has gone very fast. In others, that month in the middle, that took a very long time. It was huge, wasn't it? And and lots of things were cancelled. Um, Lots of events and things that we had planned couldn't happen. Kids, 2020 will forever be remembered as the year when school was cancelled. And I know some of you do homeschooling and some of you um, had a little taste of that during that time. Lots of us worked from home for a while and we learnt so much more about hygiene and the importance of hand sanitizer. 2020, it was a crazy year. And some of us just want to kick it and say goodbye um, and and move on. You know, having all of those events and special things cancelled, those celebrations postponed, um, some parts of the world are still significantly impacted by that and this global pandemic. And maybe you had family that were planning to be here from New South Wales that either have to be in quarantine or they're now no longer able to come. 
Christmas might look a little bit different around the world. But you know, we, we do want to protect our community and this risk of the virus. So some of these precautions need to be in place. But I think birthday parties will never be the same. Who had this crazy idea of blowing over a cake before you serve it to people when you blow out the candles? I don't think I can ever look at a birthday cake the same. I just oh, think of the germs all the time now. But a few years ago, I celebrated with an I'm not 40 yet birthday party. It was a fantastic night with friends and family. And during the afternoon, the, my family had helped prepare the backyard at my brother's place. He and his wife had it set up beautifully, including fairy lights. And we, we had pizza dough ready and lots of ingredients to make our own sensational pizzas. My niece kept a time check every half an hour telling us how long until we were expecting all of our friends and relatives to arrive. Drinks were on ice. We were excited and hopeful about the arrival of this event. In fact, the preparations had started many years before the party. The year before, at the time of my previous birthday, my brother Mac had just finished making this amazing pizza oven in his backyard. And as our small family gathered on that beautiful spring evening, we started to talk about, oh, next year we could invite more people to come and enjoy these pizzas. And we started planning. In fact, we remembered that as teenagers, we had always um, had at youth group in the 80s and 90s, every year, a punk and pizza night. So we thought, well, let's do that. Let's dress up as punks and we'll have pizza. Now, my very thoughtful niece, niece also suggested that we include princesses as well. So we began preparing and planning for a princesses punk and pizza night to celebrate that I wasn't quite that old just yet. But of course, to celebrate that I wasn't 40 yet also meant that I had been preparing for this getting older thing for quite some time. You don't just suddenly reach 39. Life happens, we make mistakes, we hopefully learn from them. We grow, we do stuff, we go places, we make friends, and we experience life. The preparation for this party wasn't just about the event, but it was a celebration of all that God had provided in my life. So the night came, the backyard began to fill with people celebrating with laughter and pizza and most of us dressed up, some as princesses, some as punks and some as Hawaiian pizza. <laughs> and we celebrated. It was wonderful to gather together, but it wasn't before long that our plans changed. Clouds hovered and it started to rain. So we ended up cramming inside and tried not to burn the house down with all the candles that were on the cake. Not all of our plans, actually not many of our plans, go according to the details that we thought that they would. They don't always turn out the way that we think. But God's plans, his preparations, they are a little different. This year we have been looking at the feasts of the Old Testament. We've been rediscovering their significance, these seven feasts that the Israelites celebrated. Now, there are two reasons why God wanted them to have these significant events in their yearly calendar. So I wonder, in MPK, we've been learning about some of these things. Does anybody remember what are two reasons why we have these feasts? Anybody think, why would we have these? 
Why did the Israelites celebrate? I'll give you a clue. We have to... Yes, well done. There's even hands up down here. What do you guys think? Remember, that's right. God wants us to remember what he has promised and who he is. And the other reason is to point to Jesus. You see, God had been preparing his people for the coming of their rescuer, the Messiah, for a very long time. Who remembers what the very first feast was that we learnt about? We've got a quiet audience today. I'm going to be asking you a lot of questions, so you've got to get talking. What was the first feast? Well done, you guys. Yes, the Passover. So I'm actually going to show you a little bit of a picture to see if you can be remembered why we have the Passover. What does the Passover tell us? How does it point to Jesus? Talk to the person next to you, everybody. Talk to the person next to you. Have a little chat. How does the Passover point to Jesus? Some of you could probably keep talking all day about this, but I'm going to stop you. So one of the most significant aspects that we remember of the Passover is the blood of the lamb. You can see this is from MPK and we did some craft activities. We even had some um, tissue paper on the doorway to remind us of the blood of the lamb. That first Passover, the blood on the doorpost protected the people from death in a similar way that Jesus' blood on the cross protects us from eternal death and punishment of sin. You see, God had been preparing for Jesus' coming for a very long time. And the feasts point to Jesus. As we looked at each one of these seven feasts, all of them pointed to Jesus. And if you missed out, you can get on our website and have a look or check out our YouTube channel and listen to all of the sermons that were presented Throughout the Bible, we see God's plan, his preparation, bringing the anticipation and hope that the Messiah, the rescuer, was coming. Kids, who else did we learn about in the Old Testament, those people that had messages from God? Yep, tell me. Isaiah, that's right. Isaiah was one of the Excellent. One of the prophets. Isaiah was one of the prophets. And these prophets gave little pointers towards Jesus. Over 300 times throughout the Old Testament, there are prophecies that point towards Jesus. And Isaiah wrote a lot about Jesus. One of the things he said in Isaiah chapter 7 is, The Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin, a young woman, will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, that is God with us. You see, God gave Isaiah visions and messages for his people, and they were written down hundreds of years before young Mary gave birth to God's son, Jesus. Last week, Graham spoke specifically about Jesus being our peace. Isaiah had written about that too. In Isaiah 9, he said, For unto us, or to us, a child is born, a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. 
Isaiah identified the Messiah, the Son of God, would come as a child and rescue God's people, which is absolutely wonderful. He also said there would be somebody who makes a pathway, one who points to Jesus as the one that God had sent. Isaiah 40 says, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. You might already know who this is, this relative of Jesus who would point to him and declare Jesus was the one that they had been waiting for. Who knows who it was? Yes, it was John the Baptist, that's right. John the Baptist. John was the son of one of Mary's relatives, perhaps a second cousin to Jesus. He was part of God's preparation plan. Now, up here we show Mary and Elizabeth. One of our teenagers, Mia Linton, put together this wonderful stop-motion Lego video for our MPK kids. Um, and we were able to explain to the kids a little bit about who Mary and Elizabeth were and this story of when Elizabeth found out she was pregnant. So she was married to Zachariah, and they were actually really, really old, like grandparents' age, really old. And... Elizabeth became pregnant, which was quite amazing. God had a plan. He knew Elizabeth and he saw Elizabeth. He blessed her with a son who would know and recognise Jesus as the incredible gift of God. In Luke chapter 1, we read, when Mary saw that she was, or knew that she was pregnant with Jesus... She got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favoured that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. You know, I still remember the first time that my youth group leader who was pregnant allowed me to feel her baby kicking. Thanks, um, Ange Vandaloo. I will never forget that. That moment of feeling that little bubble type of thing and knowing that there was a baby growing for her. Now, mums, you might explain it a little bit differently to just a bubble kind of feeling. But for Elizabeth, it wasn't just that the baby kicked, but there was leaping, leaping for joy. There was a significant awareness that the baby Elizabeth carried knew that Mary's baby was incredible, special. Elizabeth exclaimed how blessed Mary was by saying, blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Mary responded in worship as she sang to God, including these words in verse 54. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary and Elizabeth both knew that Jesus was the long-awaited Son of God that generations had been waiting for. Jesus who would bring love, joy and peace and hope into the world. 
You know, all four Gospels refer to the words of Isaiah and describe John as the voice in the wilderness preparing the way for Jesus. So we're going to read from Mark chapter 1, verse 1 to 8. And this is actually our main Bible reading for today. In the beginning of the good news about Jesus the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. And when he was an adult, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, telling people, turn away from sin, live differently. In verse five, the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins. They were baptised by him in the River Jordan. And this bit is a little bit weird. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist and he ate locusts and wild honey. And this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptise you with water, but he will baptise you with the Holy Spirit. You see, John was teaching crowds of people to love others well. He proclaimed the good news that the Messiah was coming and many people turned away from their sin and were baptised by him, John the Baptist. He was helping people to get ready for Jesus. There's a book in the Bible by another guy named John, the Apostle, and we read about We read about John the Baptist in chapter 1, when Jesus was walking towards him. John the Baptist sees Jesus coming. Did he say, hey, look, guys, here comes my cousin, JC? No, he didn't say that. Did he say, oh, check this out. This is the carpenter's son? No. He said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knew who Jesus was. This gives us flashbacks to the Passover, doesn't it? This is the one that I meant when I said, a man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Jesus was right back there at the beginning and then here he is as a 30-year-old man standing before John the Baptist. John recognised Jesus as the Messiah, the great rescuer who God had planned and prepared to come. God's preparation and planning, every detail had been put into place. Thousands of years of preparation had been put into place now. The one they'd hoped for had arrived. So as I said, at about this point, Jesus is about 30 years old. And more people started to recognise who he is. But in actual fact, Jesus arrived as a baby. That first Christmas... And then, as I was reading earlier, just eight days after his birth, he was presented at the temple and met by Simeon. Simeon recognised who Jesus was. He had waited for him and had hoped to see him in his old age. Kids, do you remember who else was in the temple that day? There was a lady who had lived in the temple. I heard somebody whisper it. Yes, 
You guys, thanks for shouting out. That's awesome. Anna. So Anna also saw Jesus there in the temple that day and broke out into a song of praise and talked about the child to all who were there waiting expectantly for the freedom of Jerusalem. We also know that sometime later, while Jesus was still a small boy, the Magi or wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and we have come to worship him. So not just the Israelites, the family of Abraham, but many people from around other nations around the world knew that the long-awaited rescuer had arrived. God had prepared feasts, prophets, and John the Baptist, all pointing to Jesus. Jesus was born at that first Christmas, not just to fulfill hope, but he is hope. Jesus fulfills the promises of God. The preparation of his coming gives us hope. Romans 15.4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught by the Scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Hope is that confident expectation, a looking forward to with assurance and a desire for something to take place. It is a feeling of trust. Not just wishful thinking, oh, I hope I get more Lego for Christmas, or oh, I, I wish that I could have some more glitter pens, or a new drill, or you know, you could eat whatever you want at Christmas and not put any weight on. Hope is more significant than that. The Hebrew and Greek root word for hope is curve or bend, to change direction, to go a different way. And that is so Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Without hope, we can very quickly spiral down into despair, emptiness, depression, fear, doubt, and even hatred. Maybe there's been times this year where you've felt hopeless. With the fear of COVID-19, the loss of work, Perhaps the disappointment of not being able to fly to see people in other parts of our country or the world. Proverbs 13, 12 says, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is the tree of life. Not having our hopes and dreams met is heartbreaking. The thing that breaks God's heart is being separated from us. His children. Romans 3.23 reminds us that all of us have sinned and we fall short of the glory of God. And, or but, verse 24 tells us, we are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ. The forgiveness, the turning away from sin. We can be in a close relationship with God because of Jesus. He brings us that joy and that peace that is life-giving. It's interesting that in Ephesians chapter 2, Paul talks to the, of the Gentiles, the non-Israelites who were separate from Christ. 
They were excluded from being part of God's family. They couldn't be citizens of Israel. They were foreigners to the covenant and the promise. They were without hope, without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, those Ephesians who were once far away had been brought near. You see, Jesus came to bring us into that right relationship with God, to be close, to find true life filled with love, joy, peace and hope. John 10.10 reminds us that the thief, Satan, only comes to steal, kill and destroy. But Jesus came so that we may have life and have it to the full. Jesus is this hope that brings us life with God. This hope that is strong and trustworthy, it is an anchor for our souls. It leads us through the curtain into God's inner sanctuary. Jesus leads us into the very presence of God. We can enter that holy place that had been shut off by a curtain in the temple. 1 Peter tells us that therefore our minds, when we pay attention and are alert and fully sober, we can set our minds on the hope and grace, the free gift of God that is brought to us in the coming of Jesus. Jesus is here. He has come. We can hold on to this hope that he gives. This hope, once we fully understand it, Once we realise the life that Jesus gives us, we won't ever want to let go. We can have direct access to God. Hebrews 10 tells us that having our hearts cleansed from the guilty conscience, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who was promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on to good deeds encouraging one another, not giving up meeting together. We can support one another, one another to hold on to Jesus. Once we fully take hold of the hope Jesus gives us, we can't help but let it overflow. I'm not going to get another bottle of apple cider here to overflow, but you know that once you fully understand the hope that Jesus gives us, It flows into the lives of those around us. Now, you might not want to be one of those people that every time you meet somebody new, you say, hey, have you met my friend Jesus? But the way that you live your life, the way that you conduct yourself, you radiate the character of Jesus. People will ask you about the hope that you have. You might have even found during this year when when those around you were stressing out, that you had a rock-solid, quiet calm, an assurance that there is hope. There is a God who is bigger than COVID-19, bigger than the crazy challenges of 2020. Like the prayer that Paul prayed to the Ephesians, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Hope is a glorious gift. It is one that we can intentionally work at holding on to and overflowing into the lives that God brings into our life. So how do we do that? How do we hold on to hope and let it overflow? 
Romans 12, verses 11 to 12 says, Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour, serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion towards him, boiling hot, another translation says. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in times of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Never be lazy, but work hard at serving the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. Another translation says, don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master, cheerfully expectant. Don't quit in hard times. Pray all the harder. What a joy it is when we meet someone who was like refreshing rain during hard times, not a wet blanket who makes everything we have to deal with even harder. Our circumstances may not change, but our attitude in them makes an incredible difference. When we pray and ask God by his Holy Spirit to strengthen us and enable us to radiate that hope. Romans 15, 13 says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, that you may overflow with hope by the power of his Holy Spirit. This hope is not something that we can fake it till we make it. It is not a quick fix. It's a relationship with the one who is hope. Spending time with Jesus, knowing him and allowing him to know us not holding back, but being open to his Holy Spirit, filling us with hope. Now you can see on the screen the, the slogan, the image of Mentally Healthy WA, Act, Belong, Commit, which I really love. But in our context as a church, I'd like us to consider it a little bit differently. Act. It is really good to be active in faith, serving, spending time in prayer and Bible reading. Belonging, of course, belonging to our church community, having meals with one another, being part of a connect group and having one-on-one -on -one catch ups They're important. And to commit, it's not just about being committed to attending church or being in the church building or even committed to people, but above all, committing our lives to Jesus. As Sue read at the beginning of our service today, these words from Isaiah, those who put their hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. True joy, peace and hope is not found in our circumstances, but in a relationship with Jesus our Lord. As I wrap up this morning, I just want to share with you a little bit about a man who discovered hope in Jesus. You can read about him in Luke chapter 19. Now, when this man met Jesus, he was without hope. He was hopeless. He was without friends and he was looked down upon. Not just because he was very short, probably even shorter than me, but also because what he did for a living, his job, was to collect taxes for the Roman rulers of the land. He didn't get paid for his job, 
but he could take more than what he actually needed to give the Romans so that he had extra for himself. So he was kind of like stealing or cheating from his neighbours to give to the Romans, the enemy, and keep some for himself. So I wonder if you already know what his name is. Anybody know? Yeah, you guys are answering all the questions today. Shout That's right, Zacchaeus. Now, Zacchaeus had climbed up a tree so that he could see Jesus walking past. Zacchaeus wanted to see Jesus, but Jesus wanted to be with Zacchaeus, to have him spend time together, to have tea together. Jesus already knew who Zacchaeus was, but Zacchaeus didn't know Jesus. He'd heard about him, but when they spent time together, then he started to understand there was a curve, a difference in his life as he discovered hope in Jesus. To let go of all the things that he thought were so important before, to let go of his money, he chose to commit to Jesus. In fact, the hope that he found overflowed into blessing those that he had done wrong to. He gave back four times what he had cheated from his neighbours. His hope was no longer in money. His hope was put right with Jesus. Now, if Jesus can love Zacchaeus, if he can be transformed by knowing the hope that God has prepared for all of us, then it's possible for each one of us to find that life-changing encounter with Jesus, to find true hope. When we learn to lean on God and trust him in all circumstances, in those seasons of waiting, with expectation, and all the troubles that we have throughout our lives, we can remember what God has done and who Jesus is. It won't matter if it rains on our party. It won't matter when COVID-19 hits because our hope is not based on the things of this earth but it is based on Jesus, the kingdom of God, those right and good plans, not ours, but God's plans. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus. In MPK, we often do the quick version. So here's the quick version. God's preparation included the feasts that pointed to Jesus, the prophets that pointed to Jesus, And John the Baptist, who pointed to Jesus. And Jesus is our hope. Hope that gives us life. Hope that we can hold on to and overflow into those around us. You know, as I've talked today, actually I might ask Cheryl if you can come up and start playing. As I've talked today, you may have realised that Jesus didn't just come as a cute baby on that first Christmas. He hasn't stayed stuck in the manger like we see on those beautiful Christmas cards. Jesus came to give us life. And the only way that he could do that was to give up his life as an atoning sacrifice for our sin. He was the lamb that brings purification, cleaning away of sin so that we can be forgiven and free to enter into the presence of the holy and eternal God. So this morning, I'm going to ask if you will join me in remembering Jesus. 
you've probably got one of these little containers. So I'll give you some time to, to get that out and, and to open it up. As you prepare your communion, try not to be distracted by all the noise, but of people ripping off the lid. Um, your cracker is just underneath the lid there and the juice is, is juice, it's not wine. So kids, you're welcome to join in and participate if you would like to as well. And in just a moment, as you hold those items, I'm gonna ask you, we're gonna stop and be silent for a moment. So in that silence, I want you to think about who Jesus is, what He has done for you. Our hope for eternity is, is one part, but it's not just a hope for eternity, but it's a relationship with Jesus, living with Him each day as our rescuer, our King and our friend. So kids, I know that you can help the adults to be really silent. So why don't we just get our bodies ready, take a deep breath and maybe even close your eyes. I'm gonna ask Cheryl just to pause for a moment. And we're gonna have a minute's silence just as you think about who Jesus is. Jesus, we thank You. We thank You for who You are. You have shown us our need for hope and forgiveness. We confess to You, our God, that we fall short of Your glorious best. This morning as we hold this cracker, we remember the sacrifice of Jesus' body on the cross. And as we hold this juice, we are thankful for Your forgiveness of sin washed away by the blood of Jesus. As your word says, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is the body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts cleansed from our guilty conscience and having as if our bodies are washed by pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for He who promised is faithful. We worship You, God, Your plan, the preparation for the coming of Jesus, the incredible hope that brings into our lives. So please take your time to eat the cracker and drink the juice, hold on to your rubbish. You can take it out with you as you enter the building today. And you can chat with your children to explain with them what this special time means to us. Hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website, 
at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.